Welcome to Podcasting Smarter, the podcast for podcasters by podcasters. Podcasting Smarter is the official podcast from Podbean, featuring podcasting interviews, best practices, and helpful tips. We're here to give you the tools, resources, product updates, and news to help you get started podcasting and keep your podcast growing. Hello and welcome to Podcasting Smarter. This is Norma Jean Belenke, Podbean's Head of Events. And in today's episode, we are featuring one of our case studies, a conversation with our Director of Customer Success, John Kiernan, and the team from White and Case, a prestigious law firm, about how they utilize podcasting within their recruitment strategy for new legal recruits. Tune in to hear how Juliet Fernandez, their legal recruiting coordinator, and Andrew Farmer, their senior manager and employee brand communications, share their firm culture of inclusivity and putting people first through their podcast and help people understand why it's a great place to work. We'll also have a link in the show notes to view the full case study in video format and to read more about the case study on our enterprise website. If you have any questions about Podbean's business solutions, we'll also have an email in the comments where you can reach out to us at podcastingsmarter at podbean.com. Stay tuned and here we go. All right, Juliet, Andrew, thank you so much for joining us today to chat about White and Case and how White and Case uses podcasting for recruiting. How's everything going today? Good. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thanks for having us on. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's always really cool for me to not just interview one person from a company, but to be able to have multiple people on at the same time. I feel like, especially because each person has their own uh, story and interaction with the podcast, I always like to hear different people's perspective on how the podcast has helped, the development and everything surrounding that. Uh, But before we jump into our conversation today, I want to give you guys the chance to tell us a little bit about who White and Case is. Yeah, White and Case is a global law firm. Um, we're um, part of the big law world. Uh, we have 45 uh, offices in 31 countries. Eight of our offices are in the U.S., which is kind of our target audience for the podcast right now. Um, but yeah, part of the big law world. Very cool. Now, when we talk about White and Case, uh, we want to talk about the recruitment podcast that you guys have started and continue to cultivate here. Uh, When did White and Case decide to bring podcasting into their place of work? And Andrew, I'll start with you. And then Juliet, please feel free to uh, jump in afterwards. Yeah, sure. So um, Juliet and I have worked together for actually a few years now. Um, I'm based in our um, marketing communications team. Juliet is in our recruiting team. And we collaborate and work on a bunch of content, all focused for recruiting, whether it's video content, um, blogging type content. And we've had this idea of, well, we had this idea in probably 2019 about getting a podcast off the ground. And we were like, you know, when's the timing right? You know, we were doing so many other things at the time and different projects. There was just never an appropriate time to start and really stop and think about it and actually see how this is going to get launched. Obviously, then the pandemic hit, 2020, and, you know, getting out in front of candidates in a digital way was super important because they couldn't meet face-to-face, you know, for for, for a long period. So we thought, you know what, let, let's re, re-look at this podcast idea and think about how we can then connect with candidates um, in a different way and be more personal about the firm and who we are, the career opportunities available, uh, and really kind of 
talking about the firm's culture as well and, and the offer of, of a career here at White and Case and actually what lawyers do. So effectively, it was, you know, 2020, the pandemic, that's when we really started to kick kickstart this um, as a project and um, involve a number of the stakeholders across the firm to help us do this. Um, and it's about time to do it then as well. So we were kind of forced into it, I would say, because of the pandemic and, and the nature of the world at the time. Um, but yeah, I think looking back, I think it, it was a, a really good moment to actually um, start looking at the podcast in, in more detail and get it off the ground. Yeah, and I'll just add to that. I mean, when we were really thinking about this in 2019, um, I think first you have to understand how legal recruiting works. So we have a big cycle in August um, and it's called OCI period, which is on-campus interviews. Um, and obviously this was still you know, a program that was taking place in person. And I remember being on campus at Columbia and just kind of helping out my recruiting team. And I was seeing students just kind of standing in the hallway and just having this time, this downtime before they went in for their screener interviews and they were either holding pamphlets or they were, you know, on their phones looking at a website. I'm like, this is brilliant. Why don't we just like chirp in their ear about who we are? You know, how, how can you, you know, succeed at your screener interview? What are some tips and tricks? So it was really just how do we capitalize on that downtime right before they go in to speak to our people? And even if they don't ultimately, you know, get a callback invitation or end up with us, we are at least providing tips and advice on how to do well throughout your interview process or, you know, what it really like is what it really is like to be in a law firm and hearing from our people. So I think capitalizing on that downtime and then just as Andrew said, the perfect kind of timing of, you know, let's really put some time and thought behind it. And how can we connect with folks if we're not seeing them, you know, on campus? Um, so I think it was a good blending of just perfect timing um, and then expanding on, you know, that window and how, how do we grow that? How do we get to our target audience? I like what you said also just a second ago about that you're also delivering tips and tricks on how to do the best in the interview too. You know, you see a lot of people who are going in for interviews for different jobs and especially in, you know, big law, I could assume that there's a lot of nerves going into it. Even if you have a candidate who might be the perfect fit for your firm, you may have that bit of nervousness before you actually step in front of somebody and start talking to them. And for you, what you're able to do is you're able to have this engaging medium in this medium that you can really curtail to be personable to somebody and say, hey, I know you're sitting here. Maybe use that verbiage on there. But hey, if you are coming in for an interview with us, here are some things that we're looking for. It also speaks a lot about uh, about the whitened case and how they want to be perceived and how they want the experience to be. Because again, you're not leaving anything up to chance. You're not leaving anything out in the open. It's not just someone scanning the website and hoping that they come across that one piece of pivotal information. You're actually creating content that tells people about the culture that White and Case delivers and is supposed to um, exude. But you're also saying, hey, if you're here, here's exactly what we're looking for. Here are some of the talking points and here are some pieces to highlight. I think that's a really powerful point for how you guys have leveraged podcasts, at least for uh, for potential interviewees. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Sorry you go. 
I was just going to say, I mean, we're super, you know, when it comes down to what we look for in someone, we're very transparent, right? You can go onto our website. We also have an amazing virtual brochure and we list the competencies that we're really looking for. Um, and so for us, it's kind of like, we want to take the guessing game out of what to expect, you know, in an interview. And that's just really the tip of the iceberg, right? When someone is coming to our podcast, they might really just be in that season where they're looking for it and then we've captured them and they're just kind of like okay i see that there's other you know content on here maybe they want to hear from a partner or learn about a practice area or learn about some of our diversity initiatives right i think the way to grasp an audience is to give them tangible things on how to incorporate them into that moment if especially if they're seeking for something because it is very niche like you don't just go on to spotify or amazon or any of those you know podcasting streams to look for a law firm but if you give them a tangible hey you can actually put this into practice and then you've captured them as an audience or as, as an, a listener um then the real work comes on how to create content next um or how to keep them engaged right with us um but i think it works it, it was able to work kind of symbiotically because we are so transparent in the interview process and we're just kind of like, here's another way to get geared up um, and then stay with us, you know, listen to the, listen to the other content. We have hiring partners, all of that good stuff. So just a little add on to what you were talking about, John. Sure. Yeah, I, I would echo all of that. And I think the thing for me as well, I was thinking about this is this was really kind of lifting the lid on um, who we are as a firm and our culture. Um, and the podcast, you know, I think with um, all of the more practical stuff that you can get from the podcast, such as the tips, the kind of stories and the journeys that people have been through, firm, they really help um, kind of light up exactly who we are for, for individuals. Because I think with many law firms, um, a lot of us, you know, in this world do the same thing. Um, so if you take the brand name off, a lot of the work, you know, depending on the clients they work for, is, is it can be different, but largely it could be the same. I think what differentiates us is culture, and this allows us to really bring that to life a bit more and really also, um, I suppose, give a, a bit of a sneak peek into our values as well. So the stories that we have, the people that come onto the podcast, it's very personable. Uh, we're not just kind of reading off a script as such um, that we, you know, we could easily kind of upload to our careers website. This is about people, stories, their own journeys, and really getting to kind of, I suppose, yeah, helping people to understand who we are as a firm and um, what we do, and, and if that's a good fit for, for themselves as well. Now, all that you're saying makes so much sense about developing that culture of white and case here. Now, your podcast covers a lot of ground in the world of big law, and you let the listener in on your firm, as we've discussed here. But, uh, Juliet, I think you actually brought this up a little bit, too, about creating engaging content. Um, how do you keep your podcast engaging to new listeners while still keeping the focus on your company? Because I think that a lot of companies might say, well, we have a branded podcast, or we have a podcast that we're using for our company. And just because we are putting out a podcast, people are going to listen to it. Um, or what they're saying is, well, if we take too much focus away from it, then people don't, or then maybe it becomes a podcast that just has our brand name alone. And people are like, there's so many different ways to think about it. Um, but how do you keep, yeah, how do you keep your podcast engaging to new listeners while still keeping the focus on your company? I think Andrew, you know, started to, hit on it when we were just on that last kind of question answer um you know so much of who we are is the people right um so i think for us 
it was figuring out who our audience was from the beginning and then how to grow from there. So obviously this was, you know, born out of graduate recruitment. How do we kind of market who we are to that target audiences through the specific cycles that we're looking for candidates through? And then from there, what's going to be content that keeps them coming back? What are the questions that we're getting on campus? What are the questions that we're getting, you know, in our inbox? Can we provide those touch points that they might not be getting even in a screener interview or at an event? You know, maybe they didn't have that one-on-one that they were seeking. Um, And I think bringing on, you know, people and having it be a conversation and giving our attorneys, our business service staff, the opportunity to just kind of talk about who they are from a firsthand perspective, I think peels back law firm a little, law firm life a little bit where you think it might be suits and it's all cutthroat and it's all, you know, just working crazy hours and all of this stuff, but they're actually people, right? Um, And they have their own stories. And I think about all of our, the content that we create, we always wrap up with an off the record moment. And it's just a time to just have a laugh. Maybe myself and my guest have something in common and we think about the same off the record moment. We're able to just kind of laugh a little bit, enjoy each other's company. Um, And I also, you know, we think about holistically, what does the audience want to hear about in terms of, okay, this is a practice area spotlight what's an elevator pitch for your practice, but then also like, who was the first person you called when you made partner? That's such a big moment in your life. Or, you know, what's your favorite memory, you know, as a first year associate, you're a partner, you've been a partner at the firm for 20 years, take us back. And then they have also a moment to reflect. And it's so human and it's so natural that I think it just makes the content engaging. And you're also getting what you're looking for in terms of, okay, this is the practice area. These are some tips and tricks. This is what to expect, but you're getting that human aspect. And I think it makes it engaging organically. And it's just, we're not forcing anything. Like how you actually hear we're interacting is how we interact. And I'm lucky enough to be the host. So I get to meet people also, but a lot of the people that I bring on have either been people I've known throughout my career here at the firm or recruits that I've had. Um, so it makes it really easy. And I hope it translates that way because that's what we're aiming for. Um, you don't want it to be too stiff. And, you know, if you need stiff, you can go to, you know, a brochure or whatever, but this is just a fun way to, put a spin on who we are and, you know, hopefully capture you and keep you coming back uh, to hear about what we have going on. I think that's spot on. The only thing I would add, yeah, it is about the fun. And I think um, the the approach to keep people engaged as well, it's always been about, it's not what we want to tell people. And, you know, it's about keeping the audience first, always in mind, what they want to hear about. Um, And so really kind of making sure that content is for them specifically. It's not just for us to kind of decide what they want to hear about and what we want them to tell or know about the firm. This is really about what they're looking for and what they're wanting to hear from us. Um, But like Juliet says, it's a a fun (laughs) approach of doing that. And I think that that's what, you know, hopefully keeps listeners coming back and also um, people engaging further with the firm, post the podcast as well and keeping their interests, you know, um, quite quite sparked across that. 
And I think just by nature of you being part of White and Case, you're going to tell your stories of being part of White and Case, right? There might be a scenario where you create an episode that is more company-centric, right? But at the same time, you're sharing your stories within this world of big law, but you're sharing your stories from a place of, like you said, being personable. Less so like, okay, we're going to talk about this experience from the company. Now it's going to be this experience and just kind of putting that over. you know. So like you said, it's just like you being able to dive into even like you said having this fun element to it too really helps brand what white and case is all about and for me being somebody that would listen to the podcast it doesn't just show okay cool here's the culture but it should also excite saying oh there are all these different people at different levels in their career so it should excite people also to get to that next point or see oh wow with this company i can grow as opposed to okay cool this is just where i am in this moment you should be able to see where you want to be. And that really showcases what uh, White and Case wants to put out to potential people coming in. Now, we've talked a lot about the content, what we're talking about on the show and creating engaging content. Uh, one thing I always think is interesting is about the production side of it too, the points of production. So I'll start with Andrew and then we'll go to Juliet as well here. Um, and it might make sense actually to have Juliet start because you are the host of this. Uh, so let's do that. Um, who creates the content and then who produces the content? And then thirdly, who releases the content for White and Cases podcast? So you have two thirds of the entire the entire show with <laughs> Look you. Look at that. Um, I you know I create the content. Andrew and I, um, as Andrew mentioned, excuse me, at the beginning of you know our conversation, we work very very closely together. Um, I call Andrew like my dream maker. I'm just like, here's my dream, and how do we make it possible? Right? Like he he's able to get the details done, and I'm able to just say okay, this is everything I want to do. How do we make it come to fruition? Um, so, you know, I bring up maybe a topic or someone that I want to spotlight or something that's happening. You know, we have a couple of diversity spotlights coming up, some things that are um, relevant and fresh and happening real time. Um, and then he's like, yes, that sounds really good. Or like, eh, that's not maybe like what we're looking for. I create the content, then put together kind of a little template, reach out to the guests, see if they're on board for it, um, kind of sell it a little bit because lawyers are lawyers. Um, and <laughs> although they like to talk, they like to talk about what they can control and know. So I make it kind of bite-sized and um, palatable for them. And then we have an amazing production team um, in-house. They sit in on the conversation you know, with us. We're either on a Zoom or a WebEx platform and they use another platform to kind of record it. Um, and they, they're really great too about flow of conversation. Um, and you know, if there's something that doesn't really sound right or kind of working with me and the guest, um, once all of that is done, I basically hand it over to Andrew and he can pick it up from there on how we push it out. Um, but in terms of content creation, it kind of sits with me and Andrew and I brainstorming and then our amazing, amazing production people who just like literally flip things instantly. Um, and then I hand it over to Andrew. Yeah, I, I yeah that, that that sounds like a the, the good the good way of doing it. But um, and Juliet is also you know the driving force and talent behind this content, and the content does obviously sell the entire podcast. So um, I think you know, and then the collaboration obviously with me, 
and then the editing team who do a phenomenal job at listening to the entire thing, piecing it all together, making sure it's a good story. Um, and then from the release perspective, we look at the, um, you know, Juliet and I have normally agreed on a date when this should go out, especially if it's something timely and it's tying into an event or a particular moment that we need to get it out for. Uh, and then of course we use Podbean to, um, to, to get it out there. Uh, for, for our, across our different um, podcast channels. So um, yeah, that's pretty much how, how it goes. And then of course we then um, advertise all this on social media as well. We may we also work with a, another agency who help us put together um, uh, motion graphics, static um, static graphics, which might include a quote from the podcast, you know, a real kind of nice meaty piece that would, would sell the podcast and what that episode is all about. Um, especially on Instagram and LinkedIn, places like LinkedIn, um, they're really what, what drives a lot of our traffic. Then, obviously, to to listen to the podcast, um, and every time we do, a, you know, a push on the particular episode that we're releasing at that time, you definitely see the spike in people, you know, going to uh, the podcast channel of their choice to then to then listen. There's I so think that's really. Oh, I wanted to highlight something that Andrew said because. It's so key to what we do. Obviously, for me, having a conversation is super fun. Um, it's great. You know, I'm a recruiter. I'm definitely an extrovert at work. And then I go home and I'm like, wow, that all happened in one day. And now I don't need to talk to anyone for like two days. Um, so my job makes me, you know, at ease in those conversations and that, you know, those, those formats. But the key is really to publish and or create and then publish the content at the right time. So we really work hard at looking at a timeline of here's the year. This is when our peak seasons are. This is when our peak time is. This is the content that's the most relevant during this time. And then everything else after that is kind of like cake. We're like, okay, what's going on at the firm? Like we have Pride Month coming up. We have AAPI, which is um, Asian Pacific um, Islanders Month, how can we spotlight what we're doing with the Asian Affinity Network? Those things are kind of just go in the moment type of here's May, here's June. But when we think about really our peak recruiting times too, we want to have content that's ready to go. So a lot of that might be recorded, you know, a couple months in advance, but we're marketing it, we're blasting it, we're publishing it yeah. during times where we know our audience is going to be seeking out those resources. So I feel like knowing your key time for specific things and then knowing when to add in all of the extra goodies is really key to making the entire process really sound as beautiful as I tried to make it where it's just like work with great people but it really makes it a lot easier because your content just like really speaks for itself at that point and it's things that they're looking for at specific times in the year yeah and it's smart, though, for you guys to be able to have, number one, there's everything that you guys just said there is like the how to effectively develop a podcast, no matter what kind of podcast you're creating. So, you know, just even to start back at one point, or actually to start at the uh, point you guys just brought up, being able to record so much content in advance, but then look at the timeline, look at the schedule, look at when you want to release content. That's something that's so pivotal because you may be able to get a couple of interviews and a couple of episodes right now and be able to, let's say, take a day or two, record them and create this great content. But there's no rule saying you have to release it right now. 
you know, the like you said, the best time to release something is when it makes sense for your specific podcast and for your specific brand. So you can have this content and backlog like you're talking about and then release it during these different times of the year. You know, there are some podcasters who they'll go ahead and they'll release content every week. And it's always like, what's timely? It becomes a time sensitive podcast as opposed to it always being you know, evergreen content and vice versa. You can have people that create evergreen content and they're not really worried about the time sensitivity of it. Um, but you guys, because of the purpose of the podcast, you guys have that fine line of, okay, great. We have content that we know we need to get out at this specific point in time. It's going to make sense and resonate with our audience. But then here are these other episodes that we can go ahead and put out as necessary. And it's a really great point. And the fact that you guys have a team of people that are dedicated to the podcast that makes all the difference in the world for the podcast getting created and having a great emphasis behind it as a tool because again going back to kind of what we talked about at the beginning of the uh, the conversation here we have a lot of podcasts that say great for one reason or another i want to start a podcast there are businesses that say you know what podcasting is the brand new it medium it's great let's do it and they think that the podcast itself being a podcast is what's going going to inspire people to come listen. The thing is, if you don't have a team there who's going to own different parts of that experience, an editing team, it may be one person in a company. But like you said, you have someone who edits the content and who helps uh, actually record the content. You have, like you said, the host and you have just this whole team of people that are creating ancillary content afterwards. You have a strategy on how you're getting it out to the people that you want to. Um, all of that is stuff even before you hit the record button is essential to make sure that you guys have a successful podcast and that you're seeing results that are cumulative over time and just getting the right people to the show. So, you know, I, I know it's a I know it's one of those things, but I'm just really like excited to hear that there's such a detailed plan on not just the creation, but also the development of the idea and the release of the content. Yeah, I, I, and I think for us, um, you know, there's a lot of hard work um, from from a lot of people behind the scenes uh, before the podcast even goes out or even before we even started the podcast. There was so much going on, as I'm sure that, you know, you know how much work goes into these things. But I think we just wanted to see the podcast extension of our uh, recruitment marketing channels, right? This was, you know, just another channel where we could communicate with candidates or prospective recruits. So um, we didn't need to, I suppose, do a lot, a, a too much thinking around, well, how does this fit in with all the other stuff that we're doing? Because it naturally does. And we already had a plan around the other types of content that we release, whether it's on social, whether it's on our, our recruitment blog, whether it's on our career site, or our video content. This is just an extension of a different channel and it kind of slots into place with the plan that we usually have every year anyway across the recruiting season. So um, it fit quite nice and naturally uh, rather than trying to think, oh my God, I've got to come up with this other plan to just then market the podcast in a way. And it's, it talks to John a little bit about what you were saying. You know, when Andrew and I meet, I have to also keep front of mind and Andrew does it better just naturally because of his role, but really thinking about to not competing with other regions, but being complementary as well, right? Our heavy time, you know, heavy focus is the summer months and Andrew as, you know, global communications, he really is like, okay, if we have a plan and I know that this is coming, I can kind of schedule other regions and other things that are coming out around it. So we're never really competing with each other either. There's a natural space for all of us to have 
time and marketing specifically for what we're looking for. So I think that's also really important. And I know, and we're super lucky. And sometimes we don't even really think about how many resources and tools we really do have at our disposal and how much we're able to really lean on internally without even having to go externally, right? Like you bring in an external team right at the end to help us with marketing where we're just kind of like, help us really push this out. But it really does. It's it's teamwork makes the dream work, number one, for sure. Um, and number two, having good working kind of relationships where you can say, okay, this is the schedule. What makes sense? I don't really want to take away from what London is doing or Australia is doing. What are their programs looking like, right? Um, because we all are working for the same firm or one firm um, and we want we don't want to compete. Um, we want to have the right space. And I think that helps the content as well, where you're not overwhelmed with so many things on so many different channels it's all complimentary um and fingers crossed we'll be able to have a couple of you know opportunities to expand the podcast you know across a couple regions or have a round table with at least some of my colleagues in germany and london and all of that stuff um you know that's the plan we'll see we'll see where the summer program takes me and where we end up in september but we have um we have big expirations also of kind of expanding it a little bit so that's awesome. And actually, it kind of speaks to the next uh, part of this here, because we're talking about reaching across teams. We're talking about uh, seeing really how far reaching the podcast can be. And I'll start this question with Juliet and then Andrew, please feel free to chime in afterwards. What have been the be- what have been the benefits of using podcasts for recruiting? So many, honestly, like so many that I didn't really even anticipate. Um it's been really cool. It's also super humbling because people are actually listening to yourself. So, or listening to me and listening to the content that we're creating and interacting with us. So that's in and of itself is wild. Um, but it really has become a complementary tool to everything that we're blasting out either to graduates, even to laterals, you know, experienced lawyers are looking for ways to get an inside look onto what, what is the team that they're joining? What's the firm that they're joining? How can I get a leg up in my interview? Um, you know, if I heard about something that they're doing for Black Affinity Month um, or Black History Month with the Black Affinity Group, did they hear that in the podcast? Um, we've heard, we've had actual examples of people. We have a, a video assessment component of our online application, and we've had students actually say, you know, I listened to this in the podcast, and it really helped me prepare for my virtual interview. And we had a trainee in London really give an amazing shout out. I get like goosebumps thinking about it. I freaked out. I had a fangirl moment of someone fangirling over content we created, um, where it's just really, it's helping them. Um, And they hear from their peers. They hear from people that have gone through similar things. They've heard from people that are going through a summer program and like reflecting back in real time. Um, Our first episode uh, featured Luke Allen, who was a summer associate with us the summer before, and then joined the firm full time. And he just had tangible advice that they can use in practice, as I said at the beginning, of kind of why we were thinking about this. And that's really cool because they're they're hearing from people that are in their shoes and can take that, put it into practice, and then pass it on, right? Um, and then have an awesome LinkedIn post where you know we we reap the fruits of our effort. Um, but it's been it's been really really cool, and it's a lot more of a wider net. Um, and I don't ever want to take away from 
all of the amazing written content that we have. Our website is amazing. Um, our virtual brochure is amazing. Our actual tangible FAQs and all of that stuff that we work so hard on is amazing. But I think having this in addition to when someone can listen on the subway, someone can listen on their way to work, um, it just allows us a wider net um, in a very organic fashion. I, I don't have too much to add actually to, to that. I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think you've covered it really well. The only thing I would say is again, it, it all goes back to that audience. And I think um, Juliet mentioned that, you know, that the majority of the audience that we're targeting here is students and graduates. This is a very, um, you know, this generation, we have to make sure that we're targeting and providing the content and the ways that they're consuming content in the way they want to. So I think, you know, giving them that space and that opportunity, whether it's on, they can go to the website if they want the slick videos and um you know the written content from that side of things they'll go to the social if they want a quick update on something or to kind of see something on instagram um the podcast again still has its place so i think knowing the generation the audience you're, you're going for and targeting is um is really really key and i think just having the podcast as an additional element to everything we do in recruitment marketing for this audience just adds adds to that. And I also think if we are, like Juliet said, if we're connecting with that audience with like-minded individuals who they can really relate to, that is so much more powerful than putting out a really fancy, glossy recruiting video um, that may come across a little bit corporate and stiff, whereas this is really just about, again, the realness of the people, the, the reality of the world in, in big law and uh, what that career looks like. Yeah, and again, there's this, there's this idea within your company that you're leveraging different mediums for different things. You know who your core audience is, but at the same time, like you said, you're just like, we have the information on the website. We have these fancy videos that look great and tell about the company too. But now we also have this resource for, like you said, a medium that more students, graduates, and more of the modern society is starting to use. So it's not even that you're just saying, well, the podcast is the only thing that we do, but your company, White and Case, has recognized, well, okay, cool, there's another medium that we should be focusing and putting our energy towards and not just saying, okay, cool, let's, for example, just take a video, an audio rip of a video and use that for the podcast. You guys have really taken two the medium of the podcast and said, hey, how do we make this special? How do we make this something that's actually uh, not just an audio rip of a video? How do we go ahead and make this something that people are going to see value for? And like you said, it could be somebody who's just coming across your company for the first time that you're looking to bring in. It could be somebody who's sitting right outside the room, getting ready for their interview and learning more about the company. To me, that speaks volumes about the company wanting to use different mediums too, because podcasting is great. And you know, it's just sensitive to show, okay, we have so many different things that we do, but we don't just assume that the podcast is going to do great. We're actually putting the time, the work, the effort, and the research to making sure that our content is as great as possible for it. And I was going to ask you about it, the content being released and how you create awareness around that. But the fact that your company has such a strategy, you know, you already see that you know who you want to target, you know how you want to bring people in. So you guys already have a plan for that too. I guess my last question here is if another business is considering bringing podcasting into the workplace, especially for recruitment purposes, because this is a very, uh, this is a very interesting topic of how someone can leverage a podcast. What is one piece of advice that you'd like to offer them in support of it? And this one, um, I think last time I started with Juliet and we went to Andrew. So this time I'll start with Andrew and then Juliet. Please feel free to add on. 
I don't know if I can just name one piece of advice because there, there was a lot of learnings on the way and we have come a long way. So I, I would probably say, yeah, audience first. I, I've, I've, you know, harped on about that for a while. So I won't focus on that too much. So to really know who, who your audience is. I would also um, really emphasize the, uh, the importance of planning. It sounds very boring, but if you don't know what, you know, episode you are in, uh, on your fourth episode what that is going to be then you really should um it's about having that great content plan where you're structuring um an entire season if you like of, of what that content is going to be released after the next up until a point where you might have a little break or whatever it might be but knowing what content is coming month by month or however the frequency of the podcast is is so so key um because it takes a lot of planning preparation work getting the guests on board um, you know, looking at talking points, discussion topics, as as is very conversational, that that's pretty much how it is, interview style. Um, and I'd always also kind of end this by saying, you know, also think about the host, that is really, really important. And we're so fortunate enough to have Juliet, who, you know, championed this idea from the beginning, who's also an amazing host, so natural with the guests, makes people feel at ease. And I've listened to a number of podcasts, you know, not necessarily in the recruiting world, but it, you know, you, you kind of think, oh, a bit boring and stale. So ensuring that, you know, they're, they're conversational, they're engaging to listen to, they probe correctly to, as they're interviewing people to make sure that conversation is coming across, you know, really natural and the dialogue is great to listen to. Um, and but also having fun with it. And I think that that is a really, probably something that most people forget about and they probably just stick somebody you know behind the mic but it's really important to make sure that they've got that right person there as well um in addition to the the people you invite to the podcast as well um i mean what i would add number one is finding an andrew um you know having people you actually know how to work with is I feel like one of the biggest parts of success for the podcast because you have to feel comfortable you have to feel comfortable to share content ideas and be okay taking some criticism and thing like things like that um i think as i mentioned you know sometimes we take it for granted that we have grasp and it's within our grasp to have all of these resources and tools a lot of our offices have studios i mean they were like anything you want let's get it you want a mic i'm like i don't even know what mic i have give me the resources and i'll i'll, I'll look at them um you know and i think also too which is a huge part and andrew touched on it is when you're looking at something from marketing perspective look inwards first before you think about going out and having all of this spend and bringing in flashy things. Your people are your biggest assets, right? If you have someone who can connect with others in the firm, isn't afraid to have a conversation, isn't is open to hearing different perspectives, you know, they are your number one marketers. You're hearing directly, your audience is wanting to hear from them. They want to hear from, you know, maybe it isn't even someone who is interested in law, but they know enough about me and my background to say, okay, she's going to have different things or different guests on, and it might be business development, or it might be a round table with recruiters. And I can learn a little bit about that job. Think obviously about your audience, have a vision, but also think about your people and how best to market them um because it's it's the easiest way number one when you're thinking about spend and dollars and that's always the flashiest thing that people think about like we can't do this it's going to be too much all of that right. like your people are your assets use them um and be comfortable to have conversations with them and it also it just helps 
internally as well. You know, when you have new joiners and they can say they listen to the podcast and they might not have even known that we had an affinity network or that the summer program is starting. Um, so when you're creating the content, it's your people and then how, how you can repurpose it, you know, amongst many audiences, keeping your target audience in mind, but how it can be kind of evergreen while also being like super niche, if that makes sense. Um, so I don't know. Sometimes I get long-winded because I'm super passionate about it and I think about things and I'm like, that's a great avenue to go to. Um, so I think people first, definitely, and just knowing how to kind of market who you are from the inside out. Yeah, yeah. There's so many points to even dive into just with that, because talking about the side of the host, sometimes people, again, when it comes to a podcast, it's fairly easy to hit record. It's not always the easiest to be a personality. That's just an audio experience, right? Um, and the thing is, when you really think about who you want to host the podcast, or you think about yourself as a host, you really need to take those things into consideration. Am I comfortable sitting in front of a microphone? Like you said, what microphone am I using? The great thing with podcasting is that you know there for a lot of people could be a very low financial entry to it but at that point you may still have someone go okay cool three thousand dollars is what i need for this and in reality you might not need that you might have a microphone that works perfectly it might only be 100 200 bucks you need to throw into the whole thing and you know at the same time no matter how much money you throw at it you can't get around a great host you know a great host could sound great on the least expensive gear you know the and, and that's really important because when you're interviewing people one of the biggest things i tell people in any walk of life or podcasting is be personable but be an active listener too because one of the biggest things when you're interviewing somebody is you have bullet points that you want to talk about even you know for our interview here there are questions that we've gone over there are some questions we omitted because we kind of covered the topic but at the same point that doesn't cut like imagine asking the same question four times just because you have it written down and you're like if i don't get to these questions then why you know it's one of those things for you it sounds like you have such an active listening uh style when you're on the podcast and that can't be understated and then like you said from the point of thinking about your people first bringing on people you don't have to think always about your external audience of bringing in people from other places. You have great people that work for you day to day, month to month and year to year who have these great stories, who can share wins and successes across your company and who better to talk about your company and tell people about what kind of culture your company brings than the people who are there currently to tell people who you want to bring in. Like things like that can't be understated. But again, going back to active listening, that also shows that you're not just actively listening to the person sitting in front of you. You're also actively listening to your audience. You're also actively, you know, hearing what stories people have across the firm. Cause I'm sure people have probably been like, Hey, I'd love to be a guest on here. You might have other people who are just like, why do you want to interview me? I don't know what I could bring to the table, but both right. of those I'm sure can offer vastly different experiences. Yeah. I mean, it's, you have to dig deep. I'm not going to lie. Like you right. do. Um, I think you have to have some kind of innate ability to just have a conversation. And it's not lost on me that I, I do. Am I, I am able to do that, but you do, you do have to dig deep and you do have to work on being present during the conversation and you have to, it's 2022. You can have 15 different alerts going on across, you know, multiple different devices and alert, you know, windows opening and all of these things. Focusing for one hour, 45 minutes on a conversation makes 
the world of difference. You can immediately tell when a host is tuned into their guest and vice versa. Um, it's it's hard. I don't want to say it's easy and I don't want to make it seem like it's easy because I think you ask someone to just sit still for 45 minutes and you're like, how, when do I carve out this time? Like, what does that look like? But if you do that, the conversation flows so much better and it's kind of like across the spectrum, you know, best laid plans, right? You can have an entire document of bullets and then just honestly tap into something that's like gold and just go from there. Um, you know, Someone might be able to have the idea of a podcast and you should absolutely, you know, help them make that dream a reality. And hopefully they'll be comfortable enough to take criticism as well. Like I, from the get go was like, this is something I'm really passionate about, but if I'm not the right person, I'm so happy to support this any other way that I can. Right. Um, and I love to work with my team and have them come and do things for social media. I'm like, I don't really want to be in a video. Like I'm not, you know, does someone else want to do that? Um, so I think if you're able to also think about content and you know where your strengths are and you know that it's not necessarily being front and center, that's definitely okay too. And you need a team like that. You need to know who you can rely on and who can, you know, be the face of it and who can also be like the brain behind it. Right. Um, and even Andrew and I, I mean, yes, I'm comfortable doing it, but sometimes I'm like, I don't really know how to ask this question. How how can I get there? How can you help me with this, right? Knowing your weaknesses also really helps because then you're kind of setting yourself up for success and you're not kind of in a lull in the conversation. You've had someone kind of run through it with you. So where you have that time, where you have those resources, you know, definitely use them. Um, and don't be dis disappointed maybe um, if you're not like the front and center because the podcast takes so many other people to make it work um, that there's always definitely a space for you as well. Um, I don't know if that's where you were going, but I think it's important to also kind of, you know, the host is a lot of it, but there's a lot of people that work with me and, you know, work in collaboration and work even for me, right? Like an agency, I don't have those skills. Like I don't have that creative. Um, so it takes kind of a team to make it make it come to fruition for sure. Yeah, absolutely. All that makes sense. And like you said, the last point of it too, is being able to work with a team. You know, again, I think a lot of people try to take on the task of podcasting because they're passionate about it. And they say, okay, cool. What does this take? And the company might say, well, you know what? You like it, you do it. You know what I mean? And that's a very that's already a very difficult place to start from. But with you, like you said, you know your resources, you know who to reach out to, Andrew, Juliet. You guys obviously have such a good communication together and you know who else you can leverage within the company to make it a reality. And it's like, that's a really important part of just a company in general, but it comes to be a very important part when it comes to creating the best podcast possible. Um, and I want to thank well, you, you both. Tell something you don't believe in. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That, that's the name of the episode. One takeaway from there. I love that. That's the name of this episode. So, okay. <laughs> and I want to thank both of you for making the time out of your busy schedules to come talk to us about, you know, all the really great ways that White Case has really brought podcasting into the place of work for recruitment. It's been really cool to chat with the both of you. And I'm excited to see what the future holds for you. Thanks so much, Sean. Thank you very much, Sean. It's been great. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Podcasting Smarter. If you have any podcasting questions or want to get in touch, send us an email at podcastingsmarter at podbean.com. Thanks so much and happy podcasting.